This is Market Insights, the Market Pulse podcast by Oanda. I'm Johnny Hart, and you're listening to the Market Insights Market Pulse podcast. Let's talk to our two guests for Wednesday. It's Oanda Senior Market Analyst in London, Craig Earlham, and Trader Nick in the United States. Good afternoon, guys. Good afternoon. Hey, Johnny. Good to be back. Let's start with a raft of figures for PMIs that we've seen today. And uh, Nick, if I start with you, surprisingly strong figures from the United States. And of course, this does have ramifications for the potential of an early or later rate rise and a number of other things as well. Yes, it does. And and surprising, but at the same time, is it really? We've just had this string of surprisingly hot data out of the US. And I'm I'm saying that sarcastically. It is higher than what was forecasted in terms of PMI numbers, both on the manufacturing and services side of things. Why I think this is so interesting is the idea as we turned the year, we talked about this at length last podcast about the idea that March rate cuts were on their way. And suddenly that idea has been really challenged by all of this economic data. I won't get too far into it right now, but I find it really, really interesting that the stock indices have been so resilient despite these hotter numbers. And it shows that the market seems to want to push higher despite whether you get rate cuts in March, May or beyond. It seems like really the idea is, you know, the US economy is hanging in there and inflation isn't necessarily a threat anymore. So it's creating this really strong outlook for indices. At the same time, it's been threatening to commodities, which we'll discuss a little bit further later on. But yeah, we had uh, manufacturing PMI came out 50.3 compared to the forecast, which was a contraction at 47.6. Remember, for those of you who are listening, who are newer to this sort of economic data side of things, a reading above 50 on PMI suggests uh, an expansion and a reading below is contraction. So when we look at services, we also saw that the forecast was for 51.4. So expecting mild improvements, mild growth. Well, we got 52.9. So we had some strong readings out of the US. And um, again, I, I joked at the start that this wasn't really surprising. I mean, this is just yet another figure. We've seen retail sales, CPI, you start you know, ticking boxes that it really does seem like we've still got all the indicators of a strong economy. I mean, look at that labor market. We have claims tomorrow, which will be very interesting to watch. And I would encourage listeners to pay attention at that 8.30 a.m. U.S. Eastern mark for um, unemployment claims, which could be interesting and continue to suggest data. But we also had some key stats, not just on this side of the Atlantic, but we also had uh, some stuff out of Europe and the UK. Uh, Craig, what were the PMI numbers like over there? So we've had quite a widespread today, right? So you've just referenced the strong US uh, numbers that we've seen this afternoon. And just to add to what you've actually said, the fact that stocks are trading up today is quite staggering under the circumstances, especially when gold is trading lower and the dollar is trading lower as well. While on the face of it, this looks like a really strong number, really has been quite brushed aside. Uh, that resilience is pretty remarkable under the circumstances, given how hot a reading that is. In UK and your area, it's very different. In, in the UK, it's interesting because services has remained strong. In fact, services was 53.4 before and actually accelerated to 53.8. So quite a strong growth figure. And one of the reasons why many people are skeptical about the number of rate cuts we'll get this year, if we've got a strong services sector and we've got growing real incomes, then that could further exacerbate that over the course of the year, maintain strong demand and therefore make the job of getting inflation back to 2% that little bit more challenging, make the central bank that little bit more apprehensive. Manufacturing remains weak, though, 47.3, even if that's a slight improvement, still deep in contraction territory. 
The Euro area was poor, though. I mean, the headline Euro area, we're looking at 46.6 for manufacturing, 48.4 for services. Particularly weak in uh, Germany and France, though, 43.2 for manufacturing in France, 45.4 for manufacturing in Germany. And the services is not much better. So we are looking at three very different situations now between the US, the UK and the euro area. And you could put an argument forward that it strengthens the position of the ECB to cut rates more than it does the other central banks because you've got falling inflation not far from target and no resilience in the economy uh, on the brink of recession, if not already in recession, which really does make the meeting tomorrow uh, incredibly important because the next meeting after tomorrow is March. That's when we get the new forecast. That's when we could potentially get that first rate cut. So if they are going to consider cutting rates in March, you would think they're going to have to send a signal of some kind tomorrow. Yeah. And Craig, you know, you pointed out there's some interesting tension there in the currency side of things. As you suggested, you know, weaker numbers out of Europe were in contraction territory there. And meanwhile, we're talking about just another rolling strong number for the US. You know, we talk about this often on the on the podcast, but it's very important to point out when you get these divergences, those oftentimes create the strong trends that we look for uh, in markets, especially for currency traders. They love that sort of thing. So we do have a euro, uh, you know, euro USD trading around 1.09. So it did tick up higher overall here today, which I think is interesting considering, as we pointed out, US data came out pretty strong. But again, we will get some clarity out of the ECB tomorrow, which I think will be really key to watch. And also, Nick, we saw the Bank of Canada hold its rates, which was no surprise at all, of course. Yeah, we, we saw them hold. And uh, what I think is interesting on that front is a lot of people uh, are, are thinking that the Bank of Canada could kind of lead the rate cut story. And as we just got done talking about with Europe and UK, what I think is really interesting is when looking at the currency world as a whole, all this strong economic data is really pushing back where the US stands in that rate cut race. And again, it's the opposite of the rate hike race, right? Rate hikes, obviously strong for a currency, but rate cuts usually suggest some weakness for a currency. And so uh, that dollar is looking really interesting, especially with our neighbors uh, north of us. And Craig, I note that the share price of uh, Netflix has really hiked today. What is behind that? Well, I think the most important thing is subscriptions. We know that there's been a strategy at Netflix over the last couple of quarters to try and improve subscriber growth. There was the burst of subscribers during the pandemic, during lockdowns. That slowed quite significantly in the aftermath of that, uh, as people obviously had more options on what to do with their free time than just Netflix and chill, as it were. And now they've been trying to look like they've been trying to grow that subscriber numbers again. And the way they've done that is by cracking down on password sharing and trying to generate more revenue that way. And they added more than 13.1 million subscriptions in the three months to December. That suggests that this strategy is working. It looks like it's something that can continue to deliver revenue going forward. They obviously offered different tariffs and uh, and things like that as well, which seems to be uh, generating that additional revenue as well. So yeah, we've seen some decent results there from Netflix and you can certainly see that reflected in the share price today. Finally, Nick, we're going to see the latest core PCE numbers on Friday from the United States, and they could be quite crucial. Yeah, we've got uh, PCE on Friday. We've got uh, advanced GDP on Thursday. So we do have a good bit of economic data coming for the rest of this week. And I think one thing to mention with PMI numbers, GDP numbers, and PCE, uh, the the commodities world is really... um, 
you know, listening close to this, we saw today the PMI numbers coming out strong. That was really a damper on the price of gold, and we saw oil actually rally. Um, what I think will be interesting, and and we discussed this as the top of the show, uh, the the stock market doesn't seem phased much by you know stronger economic data. So. Um, you know, it almost seems like the stock market is liking that we're seeing the economy stay strong as long as those inflationary numbers on Friday, that core PCE, doesn't tick too much higher, I think. So, should be an interesting remainder of the week on the currency side. You probably just want to see strong numbers continue to roll in if you're a dollar bull. And if you're a dollar bear, you probably want to see some of that crack. But um, should be really interesting to watch the remainder of this week. Yeah, just to add to what you just said as well, we seem to have gone from a position where the markets think that the US can start cutting rates, which is a good thing uh, for the economy in the long term, to thinking the US can achieve a soft landing and still start cutting rates in the long term. And based on today, if we continue to see a response like this in the markets, then what it's effectively positioning for is the, the economy can do really well and get inflation back to target and start cutting rates all at the same time, which if they can achieve that, then it's no wonder the US stock markets are performing well. Can you imagine a 2%, 3% economy and interest rate cuts of 2% over the next year or two and, and everything else? I mean, that, 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 that would be extraordinary. That's not just the ideal possible outcome. That's, that, that's really this incredibly optimistic, almost incredibly unlikely scenario. And one last thing to add to that, Craig, too, is that if, you know, a lot of times uh, the bears, the, the people who are cautious about the scenario, they might suggest, well, yes, but all this economic data could lead to uh, higher inflation and the idea of rate cuts could be back on the table. But I want to add to your idea of bullish scenarios. I still think in that environment, it's bullish because the Fed just turned the rudder from rate hikes to rate cuts. Even if inflation becomes a problem again, there's some time in between where they have to pivot back to potentially hawkish sounding stuff. And while that's going on, hot inflation in the short term could actually cause stocks to continue to go up too, because again, that's spending and price rises and perhaps higher earnings. So it's a really interesting turn of events, but I would agree, good news seems to be good news right now, both for the dollar and for indices. And um, we'll see where that takes us. And we shall speak again on Friday. Guys, thanks very much for joining us today. Thank you. Thanks, Johnny. Market Insights, the Market Pulse podcast by Oanda.